chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided the, the estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There, he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. Coming in from the field, he approached the house, and he heard music and dancing. He called on one of the servants and asked what was going on. The servant replied, Your brother has arrived, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he received his son back safe and sound. Then the older son was furious and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years, and I've never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours returned after gobbling up your estate on prostitutes. You slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you are always with me. May the living word of God speak to us through these ancient words of scripture. Well, today we begin a brand new sermon series. For the next five weeks, we'll be discussing how we can nurture our relationships with one another, but not just relationships between partners and spouses, relationships with the world around us, with our loved ones, with ourselves, even with God. It's more about than just having or building relationships, but about building authentic ones, relationships that are real and deep and true. You see, many of us live interconnected lives. Our lives are woven together, and yet we often struggle with feeling lonely or separated or distant or isolated from the ones that we love or from ourselves or from the world. And so we're going to explore how you can strengthen your relationships and nurture them to become more authentic. Well, today we start with the most intimate and personal relationship of all. And it's not actually the relationship that we have with ourself. It is the relationship that we have with God. 
In many ways, it is, in fact, deeper than the relationship we have with ourselves. And the Bible has many things to say about this, just a couple of them. Matthew says that even the hairs on your head are counted, which may be easier for some people than others. It also says in Psalm 139 that uh, 139 is sort of an ode to the way that God knows us. And it says, Lord, you've examined me. You know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Even from far away, you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't already know completely. And it goes on then to reflect on how there is nowhere that we can go, whether this world, the next, or anywhere else, that we would be out of the bounds of God's spirit with us. And so we often reflect based on this and other things that God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows our prayers without us having to give voice to them, the deep longings of our hearts. God knows our tendencies, our personalities, our hopes, our dreams, our fears. And I think that could be a little bit scary. Do we really want someone to actually know us that well? But if we ascribe all knowledge and insight to God, then this is sort of the natural next step to that, that God knows us that well. Well, the prodigal son, the story that we just read, has been long regarded as the quintessential story of God's love and grace for humanity. And oftentimes we find ourselves in the characters of this parable, that the younger brother is like us and the father is like God, that we stray like the younger brother. Sometimes we stray away from God. We feel far away. We do or we say things that break that relationship. But sometimes it's even more than straying away. Because what this younger son did was, by seeking the inheritance before his father was gone, it would be terrible today, but imagine back then when your birthright and your family honor were tied to that. So he turned his back on his family. That's what this means. It wasn't just going away. It was denying who he was and how he related to his father. And so by doing so, if we parallel ourselves in that story, there's some times where we deny God and that that is worse in many ways than straying away from God. But in the Father, we see what God's response is. It is one of open arms and of unconditional love and of bringing him back in. And so we are assured that we will be welcomed home and not just welcomed, but a party, a party will be thrown with dancing and music and the fatted calf, although I don't know that I'd want that today either. <laughs> but that is how God loves us, with that extravagant welcome. But for today, I'd actually like to focus on the older brother, the one who was upset about the party. He was furious, that's the word that the Bible used, furious that his brother, who had forsaken the family name and blown all of the inheritance that he had, that he was welcomed back. Yet he had remained steadfast in his faithfulness to his father. And this brother is often regarded as the one that we're not supposed to emulate. He's in the wrong, he's not what we're supposed to do. Don't be jealous, rejoice. Rejoice when a lost one finds their way back home. It's used as an example that some of us are faithful throughout our whole lives, and some of us wander and eventually maybe we get there, but in the end, all are welcomed. Well, today, however, I would argue that we are supposed to emulate this brother. You see, he was honest. He was real. He told his father how he felt. 
He admitted his jealousy. He admitted his anger, and he confronted him. And that was honest and real. He didn't bury his feelings or build up his resentment. He was furious, and he told that to his father. And so if we parallel ourselves in this story, where God is the father and we are the older brother, it means that we can and we should get angry with God. That an authentic relationship, any relationship, includes honesty and openness. It includes expressing our true feelings. And God isn't excluded from that if we want to be in a true relationship with God. We often think, I think, that we cannot approach God with these kinds of feelings. That we can only offer God thanks and praise, prayers for help, for petitions. We don't often feel that directing our anger or our annoyance or our feelings of betrayal to God is within our rights. Will God be mad if I feel or say or think about God in a certain way? Are these thoughts and feelings out of bounds? You see, if I have respect for God as divine, we're but a human in God's sight, who am I to question? Who am I to feel betrayed by God or to be angry at God, the creator of the universe? I think that the first step to building an authentic relationship with God is doing just that. It's being honest. It's being open. It's being real with our feelings towards God. It's a willingness to be our real selves, even with the God who we think is beyond our feelings of betrayal or of anger. And sometimes that means saying things or admitting that we feel things that seem like they aren't okay. You may recall about a, a year or so ago, late September, Hurricane Ian slammed into the west coast of Florida. It happened in the week leading up to my installation here, and so my mom and two of my three sisters literally could not get out of Florida because the airport was underwater, and so they couldn't be here. You may also recall that my mom's house, she lived on her boat at the time, it was washed away, completely destroyed. But worse than that, it had ripped away from my mom's life, the life that she had built, the life that she had built and loved after my dad's passing, a life that she had thought she would never love again after he died. And it was the first time I remember myself being mad at God. It felt different than many of these other tragedies that happen. As we painstakingly watched every little update, every track change, every wind and wave prediction, it felt like God was taking this massive Cat 5 or Cat 4 hurricane and driving it directly at the boat, driving it directly at my mom's new life, at our home away from home. And it was so hard. And I realized in the midst of it that it was the first time that I was mad at God. But once I was able to say that out loud, once I was able to admit that I was mad at God, once I was able to admit the feelings that were sitting deep in my heart, I realized that I was able to manage them. I realized I was able to process them, to deal with them. And my relationship with God became a little bit more real, a little more honest, a little more authentic. And because I was able to live and work through those feelings, I ultimately was able to see that it wasn't God sending a hurricane to rip our life apart. 
In fact, we've been able to find many little positives for our family that have come out of that experience, as tragic as it was. And being able to do that is certainly did not come out of my own power, but only came out of God's grace. And those feelings happened because I was able to first admit and express my anger and feelings of betrayal for God. The reality is that sometimes our human relationships, too much emotion, too much honesty and openness, sometimes it can cause rifts and hurts. And so we tend to shy away from being open, except with those who we know can take it, except with those who we know that those relationships are strong enough to survive. But hear this, God can always take it. God has consistently shown that God's arms are opened to us no matter what, that God loves us and invites us home even when we're hopping mad, even when we want to deny that love, even when we deny God's very existence. I know that many of you are going through hard things right now. You're watching parents or spouses suffer and age. You're watching your children struggle with anxiety or fear or broken hearts. You're watching a world that feels overwhelmingly broken grow darker and more uncertain by the moment. We're dealing with personal loss and grief and fear with people who are hurt, who were hurt, who are scared, who are in recovery or trying to recover, whether it's addiction or alcoholism. We are as individuals as families, as a church family, and as a society, managing and dealing with a lot. So say it to God, yell it, curse at God, blame God, cry out that God has forsaken you. It might sound familiar. It echoes the words of Jesus from the cross, which were a lament from a psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Both of these points, the original psalmist and Jesus saying it again, show us that humanity has been engaging God in this way for thousands of years. So engage God with your honest self, with your honest feelings. Because not only can God take it, not only are God's arms open, but God will never turn away from you or abandon you. And in the end, your relationship with God, real and honest and true, it will benefit from your honesty and your authenticity. And so will your heart, and so will your soul. Amen.